0: I want to do a lesson based off of something that we've already talked about. And that was, uh, are we living in the last days? And we looked at illustration after illustration and all these different aspects of it and things like that. But then the question comes up, what do we do about that? Or how do we live like that? So what I want to do really is I want to just walk through the story of uh, Lot and, and talk about it. Because if you get into... Are we living in the last days? And the Bible says it will be as in the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Well, I could study that and say, oh, there was people that lived during that time. What was the good and the bad of what happened? What could we learn from that? And guys, even though we live in the last days and people, even it's coming up, we'll be hitting the primaries here soon in the election and politics and all that. And I've heard people say things like, if so-and-so gets into the White House, I'm moving to Canada. You know what I'm saying? All these people say all things like that. And I, I, I just say, that is the wrong mindset. Do you guys realize that we're on a mission? It's not about America, although God bless America. I love America. I love the red, white, and blue. I love the flag. I love being patriotic. I'm thankful for what we have. But my goal is not to save America as for like the nation or as a country, but the people. That's why I'm here. It's, we're, if, if you were to look at a missionary and the missionary called us up and said, hey, I'm over here and wow, it's a pagan nation and they all worship God, false gods and they all, you know, n- none of them know Jesus. We wouldn't say, dude, you need to get out of there as soon as possible. We would say to the missionary, praise God you're there. You're, 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 that's why you're there. Amen. So why do we have that? Why don't we have that same mindset here? I mean, God has planted us here in the middle of people that don't know Jesus and God says, well, guess what you do? And you have the truth. Why would you not, would you not stand for that? Now, but I think there's, uh, there's, there's got to be an understanding of our role that we play. Or how do you live? And I'm not going to even compare this because I don't think it, it gives justice to the story. I'm not going to say that America is Sodom and Gomorrah. And although that there's a lot of aspects of it. But I'm just saying there was a city that was Sodom and Gomorrah that knew not God, okay? It wasn't just that it was a bad or, you know, I mean, it was, it was a very, very, very wicked society. And so uh, I just want to emphasize that we are, um, we're in the middle of this. So, so the illustration comes from Luke chapter 17, verse 26. And it says, and as it was in the days of Noah, so also in the days of the Son of Man, where they did eat and drink and married wives and given to marriage until the day Noah entered in the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. So the similar thing about there was no more glory to God, and they did their own thing, and they were partying and living it up and giving in marriage. So it wasn't all just sinful activities, but it was an absence of God. You know, it doesn't say they were just drunk continually. It says, no, they were given in marriage, and they were working, and they were doing their thing. But then when God came back, or not came back, when God brought down judgment, they weren't ready for it because of the fact is they were just occupied with what was going on in society. Likewise, so another story is it was in the days of Lot. They did eat and they drank and they bought and they sold and they planted and they built it. It's the same thing again. So even the illustration is not because they were so wicked in this situation. The thing was just that they were occupied with everything else. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus, so it be in the days of the son of man is revealed and that day which shall be upon the housetop and his stu- stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he show that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. So it brings it right back to it. And he gives this illustration in the days of Lot. Study Lot, understand Lot. Remember what was going on, what was his mindset, things like that. He was living in that culture. But then he also said, remember Lot's wife. You say, why, do you re- why, why is that brought into it? Well, because they both have very different outcomes and i'm not trying to be salty about this at all guys i'm just trying to tell you the truth she wanted to obey but her heart was back in that city can anybody tell me really why her heart was back in the city was it because of the china that she had in the cabinet or i mean really why was her heart back in that city she, she left her family there and and i think the things that we sacrifice the most and i'm sure as she's running out in the back of her mind is i wish we would have lived differently. I wish when we had that conversation of going towards Sodom and and uprooting our family, and when when Abraham and and Lot, we'll get into this in a minute, and they were choosing where to go, I'm sure she was thinking, I know there was a lot of benefits and we talked about this and that, but man, I wish we would have never headed in that direction. And that's what happens. And the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. It's what drew them to this city. Was there, there had to be benefits to it. There, there had to be something there that they were thinking, yeah, it's bad, but look at what we get out of this. And they took their eyes off of God. So um, the rest of the passage is the one that says, one shall be taken, the other shall be left. One shall be in the field, the other shall be left. So it ties it in so clearly as to uh, that illustration of that. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just right there. It's, it's, he's talking about the Son of God, and then he ties it into Lot and Noah. We're in a spiritual battle, and this is not going to come as any surprise to you guys, but uh, when the Bible talks about, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might, that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The reason why he's saying that is, when it comes to opposition and things changing, what is our job to do? You guys tell me from that passage, from the, what, are, what is our job to do? Stay strong and fight. It's Be strong. In, it, it literally, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. Put on the full arm of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. L- literally, as the opposition comes in, it's never been that you might retreat. It's never been that you run the other way. If things are falling apart and we're, we're ambassadors of Jesus Christ, we hold up the light. Where does light, where, where does, what areas need light? darkness. I'm like, come on, let's let's put the light in the darkness. That's the whole concept of planting a church and sending out missionaries. And then it goes into, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of wickedness of this world. And then it goes into, we, we're in a battle. The word wrestle literally talks about that. I, I, I want to encourage you to be soldiers of Jesus Christ and to be ambassadors, to, to lay not treasures upon this earth, but treasures in heaven and have that mindset of it. But when it interrupts our, our groove and our, our style and church gets complicated and reaching our kids gets compli- complicated and, uh, and doing Easter and what we have to say and not say and it gets complicated, we almost throw in the towel, but we've got to remember that we're in a war. And the darker the night, the brighter the light. I say that all the time. We must, but this is the thing. We have to keep our guard up because the Bible says that there's things that are going to happen as we get to the end. Uh, one, there's going to be the falling away. And then the second the perilous times are going to come. So that's that's the things. There's going to be a falling away. So so you've got to understand that that means that there's going to be less and less Christians. And you go and think about in public schools and like uh, I I could give you illustrations. I'm not going to go into. But a lot of people that teach that just of uh, of the agendas that are being pushed, it it is crazy. Difficult times going to come. And uh, we must live in the world and learn not to become of the world and teach our kids to keep their guard up. And, and, and so here's the story. This is what I wanted to do. I just wanted to do a Bible study because, and I wanted you guys to see from this that I'm not just like, hey, let's, let's use the illustration of Lot. No, it is, it is the, the illustration that God himself, Jesus Christ himself, gave the illustration of that. And I think it's important when it says, remember Lot's wife, and then he says, one be in, uh, you know, two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, one shall be left. And then in the middle of that, he says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot. So let's do that. So here's at the beginning of this illustration. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east and separated himself, the one from the other. And Abraham dwelled on the, in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I would love to do a conversation about this. And I know for the sake of time, because when we pull that curtain, we just have to go and do our thing. And and, and this is a Bible study work night, uh, you know, thing. So I want to make sure that we're keeping in tune with that. But I want you guys to see that it's very well known that the direction. And if you just put it like this, it's about choice. All of this is about choice. What are you going to do with your family? Here's Lot. And, and Lot's wife and, and, and his kids and, you know, they're standing there and Lot's making a decision on the direction that we're going to go with our family. And, and it's not like, well, it was all that was left. Abraham literally let him go first and say, hey, I'm not going to push you into anything. Where do you want to go? And they had to do that because they were together and all their servants and their animals, they were just overlapping and it got complicated and, and they knew that they had to separate. So that's what's going on. So here's what's going through Lot's mind. Okay, let let me read the... He pitched his tent towards Sodom. So it's not like, hey, let's go move into Sodom. It's not what happened. That's never what happens, guys. It's a slow fade. It it is one step at a time. It's a drift. It's a backsliding. Whatever you want to put it. We all know the terminology when we talk about this. But it says, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Why, Why would you drag your family into that? Two families, two spiritual leaders... They lived in the same world. They fought the same devil. They served the same God. They were given the same opportunities, but they made two very different choices. I want to I wanna tell you guys that life is about choices. Yeah. What you let your kids do or don't do is about choices. And I'm not saying that these things are easy. I'm, I'm telling you, does anybody raised teenagers? It's not easy. <laughs> it's like, dad, I want to go to this. I want to do this. I want to watch this. I want to hang out with these friends. I want to do this at school. It's like, oh, everybody else is doing it. I know. You're not. You're not. Here's why. And, and our lives are filled with those kind of decisions. Why? Because it's about choice of direction. And, and we have to choose these choices of direction, what we're going to do. So, here's the urgency that I'm going to tell you about, about keeping your, your guard up. And, and, and I take that because the Bible says, guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. If you're going to be in the battle and we're going to, you're going to go to work, okay, and the kids are going to go to school and, and they're going to play on the ball field and they're going to get a job, you know, and, and Morgan tells me about just things that happen. She, she has a job and she works among all these different things. And she's going to school for nursing right now at the career center and all these things. And she, she loves it. And she's, but you, you don't go in there like, everything's okay, and it doesn't matter. No, that's not the way. That, you can't have that attitude. It's like this. You guys have heard me tell the stories. I don't want to intimidate you guys when I say this or scare you, but I am a first-degree black belt. Don't, don't get scared. <laughs> when I was in high school from, like, all my teenage years, I, I took karate. And uh, my last karate tournament that I, that I had I, I was, I, I, I you guys have heard the story, I was like, they they said go, I, I thought it was tough stuff because I had my black belt, and I'm like this, and I just go in, and he went wham, and I was out, I mean, knocked out, literally them, like, fanning me, and, and I was out of the thing and everything, I got knocked out, I mean, that that was my grand finale of my career of being in, I wish I could tell you, you know, like, I did the crane kick, and I broke my leg, and I jumped up on the other one, nope. I got knocked out in the first two seconds, and my my sensei came out and he said, "Tony, I've told you a thousand times, if you don't keep your hands out, that's going to happen to you every single fight you ever have. You've got to keep your guard up." And, and the Bible tells us all the time about keeping our guard. Why? Because Satan is as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You don't have to go looking for him; he's looking for you and your family. That's what he does. We drop our guard and we get distracted and out of nowhere this happens. And it says in that verse that he chose this direction and he pitched his tent towards Sodom. So here's the thing, Lot made a conscious choice to ignore the danger. And, and I think that's why we go to church and that's why we study our Bibles and we do this. To be aware of what's going on and be conscious of what yeah. is attacking our kids and our families today. What, what's being popped up on your screen or what's happening on your TV at home or what's happening with whatever it is. I mean, we we could go into a thousand different illustrations. You guys know. (laughs) You guys live in this world. You know. I'm sure Lot was like a lot of us. He was a good dad and wanted the best for his kids, but he ignored the danger. He didn't see it. He wasn't aware and it says, and uh, the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And Abraham mo- removed his tent and came and dwelt in the land of Mamre in Hebron and built there an altar unto the Lord. So, I mean, what a difference. Abraham chose to fight. He said, I'm not going in that direction. That's got to be conviction. Guys, that's why it can't be just what my church says or our preacher preaches this or all this kind of stuff. It can't be. That's not how it works. It has got to be to where you say, we're not doing that because I'm convinced. And that's what conviction is, to be inner convinced of what is right and wrong. It's got to come from your heart. He said, I'm not going in that direction. I'm going to tell you guys, choosing to fight is, not, is going to cost you something. It's not easy. When you decide, it's for me and my house, we're going to choose the Lord. Me and my house, we're going to please the Lord. Me and my house, we're going to do what's right. That's not easy. That's going to take you walking with your kids closely to be able to explain to them from your heart why, why this is right and this is wrong and, and, and all those things. You have to be willing to resist. You have to be willing to trust God because it's not you that can win this. And um, the best way to avoid getting caught by the devil is to keep your hands off his traps. And there's temptation all around us all the time. It's not a question of if there's danger, but where's the danger? And I'm not saying, guys, that we should live in a bubble. And every time I say something like this, it's like, you're just saying we should be Amish. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. But there is a big difference between, uh, I don't care, and to everything that our kids want to do. And the reason why I'm saying this about our kids, and I repeat this about our kids and grandkids, you'll know when we get in the story. You'll know exactly when we get in the story, because that's what they lost. It's it's train up a child in the way he should go, and then they lost sight of this. But we have to keep up our guard. But here's the effects of not keeping up our guard. If we choose to ignore the battle, and we just go with the flow, and that's what happens in our culture today. We just go with the flow. If you drop your guard, don't be surprised when you get punched in the face. In this story, God saw the wickedness of the people, and God sees what's going on, and he was aware. And and you know the story that Abraham had these two angels, and they made, you know, all the things happen, and there came two angels of Sodom, and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom, and so he left there, and that's when he pleads for the city, uh, and then he goes there, and I want you guys to see this, and there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom. Does anybody know why that's significant? See, and it's, there's a reason that is emphasized in Scripture like this. He went from just going in that direction to be parting part of it. And, and, I, and I say, when you drop your guard and you just say nothing matters, and we all know that that, that happens in, in our culture today, where nothing matters, it's just one inch at a time, like it's you drop your guard and you just adapt. That's why the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face towards the ground. And so he, he recognizes them uh, as, as being from God or whatever, and notices something different, and, and he's just sitting with them, and, and Satan works in this way. Lot became comfortable with the darkness of the world around him. Uh, when you get comfortable in the darkness, you, 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 you allow things to come into your life, and Satan's good at making us feel comfortable, and, and I say this all the time with TV and things like that. We end up laughing at sin, because they throw in characters, they throw in things in there, and they make it funny. And it's always been that way. We, we end up laughing at sin. and sin. And the more you get comfortable with it, the more it's, it stops bothering you. It's one choice at a time, one decision at a time. And even with the idea that I'm okay with this, or I know right from wrong, he stuck his kids right into the middle of that. And, and we're going to see that here in a second. We say things like, I know it's, I know it's wrong, But it's just so funny, and and, and it just affects our mind. That's why the Bible talks about the renewing of our mind. And he said, "...behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servants' house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways." And they said, "...nay, but we will abide in the street all night." And he pressed upon them greatly. You know why? Because he knew that they couldn't. "...and he turned in unto them, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and they did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat." Now, now you notice that he is—he's part of the city. He's part of the culture. of What's going on? And Abraham was a a, a rich man, but he find himself living in tents. He was—he was—he didn't care about all those things. There were sacrifices that he was making, even though if they—if Abraham a lot with the talk, he says, "Oh man, the food is great. The restaurants are great." I'm talking about in their culture. And Abraham said, "But I'm not going in that direction." I'm not going to raise my family in that direction. I'm not going to raise my family in that environment. It's just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And the, the traps of Satan don't seem dangerous after a while because they lived around it all the time. Um, the question is, if it's so wicked and, and Lot knew that he couldn't let them out there, why are you raising your family in that environment? It just blows my mind. And I think a lot of the times we just look at it like he just threw away his family, like he didn't care. No, there was a lot of benefits to it. Lot lost his respect and his influence over the people. But before they, uh, they lay down, the men of the city, even Sodom, the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, both old and young, and the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out to us that we might know them. Now, I don't think I have to go into the details of this, but this is one of the sickest things you could possibly read in the Bible. The idea that we might know them is literally talking about like a a gang rape or something. I mean, it was really disgusting. It was really defiled of what they're talking about doing. And uh, they they literally like tracked them, followed them, went to this house. And they knew who uh, Lot was. And it just makes you realize that it was like a bunch of wild animals. I mean, they had no respect for people. It wasn't a matter of... They had no conscience at all. And that's what we were talking about, if you guys remember about why does God not come back? Because as long as nature and as long as people are bringing glory to God, that's why we were created. When we cease to bring glory to God, and this is a perfect illustration, every man was doing that which was right in his own eyes. And that, that, that thought was, what's wrong with it? And you guys just get this in your mind. When it's love is love and it doesn't matter and, and we don't see anything wrong with it, this is what, man is so depraved. It is disgusting how depraved man can be. And... Uh, they had no fear of God. They didn't care about the testimony of Lot. And when you drop your guard, we will also lose our witness. And the Bible tells us very clear that we're to come out from among them and be used separate, to be able to be sanctified and to live differently. Guys, sanctification is in the Bible. It's progressive sanctification. I'm constantly growing in my faith, constantly be holy for I am holy. That, that's not just a be better than everybody else, but it's a matter of living under righteousness unto God to where we let our light so shine before men, to be distinct in our morals and our character and our witness. The Bible says that they might see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. There should be a distinction from the loss of the saved. But there was no distinction between Lot and the people of the city. There was none. Actually, it's, notice this. Lot lost his character and his self-respect, and Lot went out of the door unto them and shut the door after them, and he said, I pray you. So you can imagine, he literally went outside and it's like, shuts the door like this. You know, he's standing there, and he goes, guys, 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 let, let's make a deal. Calm down. I mean, he's, oh, it is. And he said, I pray you, brother, do not do so wickedly. Man, this is the disgusting thing you're doing. Behold, now I have two daughters, which have not known a man. They're virgins. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, that you might do unto them as, as good in your eyes. It's just disgusting. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. You, know, you notice the spiritual decline of Lot. He's not the guy that he was before. Remember, I mean, you think about it. He was, he, he, he was related to Lot and, and served God and all these things. It, it's just amazing how we, we adapt. We, 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 we fade out in our, our standards and convictions he had twisted moral discernment. He said, I pray you, let, take my daughters instead. Don't do wrong to these men, but take my daughters all in the same breath. They say that's messed up. It is messed up. It's amazing how our, our understanding, our perception, it gets so twisted. Where did this all come from? From the world that he was living in. We, we, it's amazing how we'll adapt to the culture around us. We just do. He dishonored his family by saying this, um, and you can imagine what his daughters were thinking. I mean, I don't know what, in the story what was going on or how bad this was, but here's the whole point of where I was going with this. This is and I know know you guys most of this, but no, notice the results of this. When we have the mindset that it doesn't matter. I, I preached to the teens in, uh, at the beginning of the year, and I was talking about sowing and reaping. And the, and the thing about sowing and reaping is, the illustration of that is if you plant a seed, in the ground, nobody stands back, or you don't stand back and go, well, that had no effect, that didn't do anything. So when you plant the seed, what, what happens the first day? No. Nothing, the second day. Nothing. You, know, you know what I'm saying? You're, that's the whole principle of the sowing and reaping, is the fact that we do things in our life where we have bad attitudes towards things, or we, 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 uh, we cheat, we steal, we're dishonest, or whatever it is, it's just we're sowing all this character, and it's like, why? I got away with it. I cheated on my taxes, I got away with it. And stole something small and got away with it, but the Bible says that we reap what we sow, and the sowing thing is it it, it it changes over time and it eventually comes back and then then, then you don't even realize what you've done. How cool is it? The one thing that he remembered about him was that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It was like what you, it stands, and I I think sometimes you don't have an understanding of the impact that you have on people you know, of, of the difference that you make, and, and that's the sowing, and it goes in both directions, and I told the teens that, I said, you sow faithfulness, you obey, you have convictions in your heart, you follow God, you write God's Word upon your heart, all those things, there's blessings that come from that. It, I, when I was at the pastor's conference when we were in Texas, um, I had a pastor that came up to me, uh, and he said, are you, are you Tony, Pastor Tony? I said, yes. He goes, I just wanted to thank you for being such a big blessing to me, And I was like, have we ever met? He goes, oh, no, no, we've never met before. I was like, how was I a big blessing to you? Because the guy went out of his way. He said, "Uh, I was a missionary for a while. And he said, I was driving through Columbus, Ohio. And he said that I needed a place to stay. And I called you up and I said, I've called all these different churches. I don't know where to stay with my family tonight, but I'm driving through Columbus. And you guys have a mission house. Can we stay there? And I said, just tell me when you're going to be here. We'll put you up. He said, we ended up driving another route, not going through Columbus, but he said, that stuck out with me, it stuck out in my mind all this time about that kindness that you showed to me, and you just never know. And just like, he said, he just left the, he said, I was just really discouraged that day, and he said, you went out of your way to be kind. You, the sowing of good things, you don't realize how it's going to come back and bless you or bless other people later, and this is the same thing with your kids. You, you're just like, oh, Wednesday night, I'd rather not take them to Awana, Man, does it even make a difference? I praise God for my parents taking me to Iwana when I was five, six, eight, 10, 12 years old because it stuck with me. Those verses stuck with me. That, that, those spiritual habits stuck with me. You're not wasting your time. You're training up the child the way they should go, you're, you're investing in them. By the way, you guys are doing that right now. You're thinking, I'm just going through the motions and I know this story and I've been to church. Right now, you're feeding your heart, you're feeding your brain, you're feeding your soul. You, you are growing in your faith. It makes a difference. Amen. Lot didn't know how big of a difference he was making in that city by, by lowering his standards and not putting uh, any safeguards around his family. And he lost his kids. Now, guys, this is, this is the hardest part of the story. When the men said unto Lot, "Hast thou therefore besides any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place.'" For we will destroy this place because of the cry of them is wax great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Go and find your married children before it's too late. Now just imagine this, because I think sometimes we, we don't fully engage. You can imagine the panic of, I've got to get to so-and-so, and she lives on this block, and if I can get over there, I hope they're home from work. Just imagine what's going through their mind. Is he running through, maybe walking, and the more he thought about destroy the city, I'm not going to lose my kids. And he's running up through the city, going to door to door, beating on the door. Dad, what's going on? You've got to, honey, I need to talk to you. Where's your husband at? Can I sit down? Let me in. And like, honey, dad, you never even told me you were coming. And Lot went out and spake unto his son-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, up, get you out of this place. The Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son-in-laws. No respect. Well, think about it. If you're living in that culture, that probably was no longer language that Lot was even using. Yeah. It wasn't about the coming of God and living right. And this isn't. And, and by the way, if you're living in a city like that, who do you think your daughters were dating? Uh, You think about it, who who were they dating? Were you okay with it? There was no separation. There was no uh, be unequally yoked with unbelievers and all the things that the Bible... His son in laws just laughed at him. They were not men of God. They were not believers. They did not have respect for him. And when he started talking about spiritual things, they ignored it because they adapted. They had become casualties and a lot new. I I don't think it was so bad maybe going to the house and maybe not so bad having the conversation with them But I think what would have been so bad would be leaving that door. Knowing that that would be the last time you'd ever see them. And knowing that there is nothing you can do to change their mind. They're they're indoctrinated into the world around them. And and I can't, if if I could repeat the verse over and over again, train up a child in the way they should go when they were old, they will not depart from it. Man, that is it. The, the lack of separation affects our kids and the world that we live in. The lack of biblical teaching and the lack of priorities. And, and I say this, and I know that you guys know this, but if, 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 if church is not a priority to you when your kids are being raised, it's not going to be a priority to them when they're raised. Right. It's not going to be. If, it, if it's an optional thing when they're growing up, it will be an unnecessary thing when they're older. That's just the way that it's going to be. And you say, why do they feel that way? Because we trained them that way. That, that's the way that we, we taught them. And, and I, I speak from experience, and a lot of you guys could too, that m- my parents ingrained in me that this is a priority in our life. The same way that I brush my teeth every twice a day, guys. I'm not bragging. I'm just going to tell you. I, I, br- I brush my teeth twice a day. Do you know why I do that? It was ingrained in me as a kid that this is the right thing to do. After a while, I didn't go into I. I when me and Jenny got married... I didn't walk into the bathroom and brush my teeth. They'd be like, Mom will call me and be upset if I don't do this. I did it because it was in my heart because I knew right from wrong. I knew the benefits and and the consequences of not doing that. It's the same thing with your kids. One day it clicks, and sometimes it takes longer than it does with other kids. But the, the idea, guys... That mis- people misunderstand the train up a child the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. It does not mean that your kids won't run to the world, and it doesn't mean that they won't get in trouble. And I've had people call me out on that and say, you said this, and I raised them, and they never miss Bible school, and they never miss uh, Sunday school and junior church and all that other stuff. But that's not what that verse is talking about. The verse is talking about they'll write it upon their heart. When they go into the world, they'll never lose what was written in their brain. The verses they memorize, the truth of what's ingrained in their heart and mind, they'll never forget that. that. That's what they'll never leave. They can't leave it. They memorized it. And the hope is that the conviction of Jesus Christ will come into their life and pull them back. But by the way, every one of our kids have free will. And, and, and sometimes we feel like complete failures when they mess up and they go into the world. It's, it's, they, they, did Jesus mess up with Judas? Was Jesus not a good parent, if you will? I mean, you think about it. How about Cain and Abel? I mean, they, they had the best parents on the planet. And I'm not just saying that. They literally had the best parents on the planet. They were the, yes, they were the only parents on the planet, but they had the best ones. And the, 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 their, their record for good kids was uh, 50-50. I mean, think about that. Because we have, we have uh, free will. And the Bible says that he'd lost his priorities. When the morning arose... There's coming a day when all this is going to happen. The angels hasted, Lot saying, Arise, take thou thy wife and thy daughters, which are here. So they have the daughters that were there, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of this city. And while he lingered, can you imagine, even at that point, he was still passive. And while he, And the Bible even points it out. It's not like, I bet you he took his time. No, the Bible emphasizes the men laid hold on his hand and upon him, his wife, and upon the hand of his daughters and the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him uh, without the city. Still apathetic, still taking his time, whatever, and they drug him out. And the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of the heavens. And they overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. You can imagine this scene. You can imagine the judgment of God. And we see this only a couple times in Scripture. One, it came The rain with Noah, we saw that. This one was fire and brimstone from God. And then the next time we see this or won't see it, however you want to view it, will be revelation. Tribulation period. It's judgment coming. And Lot lost the ones that he loved, including his wife. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. You can imagine the complexity, and and I think anybody would be, that's my babies back there, especially for mom. That's my babies back there. I don't think she cared about the fact of whatever she had as possessions, whatever. That's her kids, possibly her grandkids. But in her mind, in their mind, she's probably thinking, if I could go back to that conversation when I'm standing there with Lot, and we're debating on what were the decisions we're going to make for our kids, would we have chose Lot, or would we have chose Sodom and Gomorrah, It doesn't matter the benefits. And I just say right now, things are getting bad. Things are changing. Culture is changing. Guys, I can't emphasize to you enough that now, now is the time that we make the decisions to do what is right. Now is the time that we train up our kids. Now is the time that we teach them to pray. Now is the time that we teach them to get in their Bible. Now is the time that we let them go to teen camp and snow camp and vacation Bible school. Uh, to, to being reinforced from other people and other preachers and things to, to where they hear the gospel from every angle possible. Now's the time. And I know that where times are changing and life is complicated and sin is just growing like leaps and bounds all around us, but it's not hopeless for us because the whole thing was, we talk about, it's so bad, Sodom and Gomorrah. Can I stop and just point out what Abraham lost through this? He didn't even lose sleep. There, there's something great about choosing the things of God, and the Bible emphasizes we're out of time. And Abraham got up early in the morning to a place where he stood before God. You talk about the difference, and and I think right now, just whatever the difference is that you're going to make, the importance of this. And like I said, your kids have free will, but man, we have a responsibility in our hearts to do what's right. And I'm not. I, I it's. I, I I don't know if your kids are. Kids, Or if we're talking about your grandkids or whatever level. And by the way, I've emphasized a lot about kids and grandkids. But the same thing is true for us. It's not just a matter of telling your kids what's right and wrong. It's about us living this out. It is going to get worse before it gets better. It just is. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, Life is going to change. It's going to get complicated. And we've got to be determined in our heart. Like uh, Joshua said at the end of his life, You guys can do whatever you're going to do, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that has got to be what's in our heart and mind. It's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord.